Hola, and welcome to Word to Your Mama. Word to Your Mama is a podcast about the life of a Latina creative, that's me, and the lives of my amazing multicultural tribe, a celebration of shared experiences navigating this dynamic world. There will be special guests, mad laughs, and absolutely no BS. Segments by the Supernatural Bear, that's my little man, he's 10 going on 40 because he's an old soul, but other than that, this podcast will be explicit. Please believe it. Now, why do I have a wide range of peeps on here? It's because I come from the music, art, and Web3 industries. Word to Your Mama comes out every Monday. In this episode, I finally have a convo with someone from my tribe, Tere Rapley. She is the Matri Architect, the Black Moana Sovereign Storyteller. She is hip-hop, creative, and social impact royalty from Aotearoa, a.k.a. New Zealand. There's a long time coming. As I mentioned in the episode, when I started this, and I didn't know exactly what Word to Your Mom was going to be, but I had a list of people I definitely wanted to have convos with, that I wanted to share their story because it's very impactful. She was on that list from jump, from jump. So in this episode, you'll hear her discuss being present, reconnecting with herself, identity and self-acceptance, acknowledging her impact, and so much more. This is a very powerful conversation that we had earlier this year. And I just wanted to mention that, and I've told her, and I think I speak about it in the episode, that there are no accidents, right? There are none. So the fact that we are in each other's lives and we may not talk all the time, but when we talk, it's purposeful, it's intentional, and there's a realization, especially after this conversation, especially after all the conversations that we have, we're on like a similar frequency and we're living and experiencing these parallel journeys. If you guys have listened to this, if you guys know me, you know what I've been going through the past couple of years. And she's been going through similar stuff with our biological fathers. And the realization and she talks about in this episode and when I was editing I was like oh yeah I remember telling my therapist maybe it was two years ago now because I just well in December will be a year since I met my biological for the first time ever since birth of course and I remember maybe that's earlier that year or the year before I told my therapist the breakthroughs that she's helping me with and I was like you really have instilled in me the realization that I have 50% of this stranger's DNA in me that he is part like regardless of what I want to do or what I'm trying to do the science the data is that this person is a part of me and we and she talks about that in her story and acknowledging that and uh it's just it's it's a all of the conversations that I have these past three years in Word to Your Mama with Word to Your Mama have been 
amazing. But I think because of this, because of the levels of overlappage, <laughs> having the conversation and re-listening to it again, just kind of just gets me to a place where I'm excited that we're both healing, that we've healed to a point we still have a little bit more to do. And then, you know, she's 50, I'm going to be 50 next year. Like, there's no, oh, it's too late. It's never that. It's, it could be any time, any day. And it's, you know, student till we die. It's evolve or become extinct. And we are evolving and we are making our ancestors proud and we are becoming the ancestors that we've known <laughs> that we could be. So, yes. Also, the song that she mentioned, she was like, I, she didn't know who it was. And I was doing research and I was like, is it the same song that the Supernatural Bear and I love? So I confirmed it and it is. And so I'll have a link in the show notes to the song on Spotify that's included in our guest hype song list playlist. But also there is a link in the show notes to when General Levy does incredible live on the BBC Radio 1. And the joy, the amount of joy that's in this video, that's how I discovered it when I was out of looking for stuff on YouTube. And I was like, what's this? And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I would play it all the time. I played the YouTube. Of course, we would watch it, but just the audio from the YouTube in the car when I take the Supernatural Bear to class. So it's like a classic. So when I found out that it was hers... I was like, yeah, parallel lives. <laughs> and then don't forget the penultimate Supernatural Bear Corner. So this, depending on when you're listening to this episode, there still might be a chance for you to DM us or email us some questions or comments for the Supernatural Bear as his final episode, his special episode where he's going to be a special guest, is going to be dropping on his birthday, which is October 16th. So there is time. But this is, um, you know, the last one. It's a song that he produced. And then for his episode of the Supernatural Bear Corner, it will be his farewells on that section. And even though he won't be doing new ones in future episodes, we'll always have his intro and we'll always have something like one of his songs or something like that. So there's always a piece of the Supernatural Bear since he started this journey with me in September of 2020. So yes, let's get into it. Um, so I did a podcast in February 2022 for it. So it must have been in Feb 2022. Wow, so it was a year. I was, I was like not sure. If I... So that was the last time that I I think that we saw each other like this. And yes. it was... Beautiful, powerful. You mentioned something mm-hmm. that I had said. It made me cry. I don't know if I ever told you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just special. Just special. You're amazing. You're special. Muchisima gracias. Thank you so much for being here today. It's been a long time coming. Um, there's a few people that I've had on here and had convos with that I mentioned to them, if I have never before mentioned, that 
when I started, wanted to do this in 2020, when I was like, I need an outlet. I just want to share these dope, amazing voices of these of people in my tribe that I that I love and admire. Um, you were always on that initial list and I have a copy of it on my notes. And I was like, daddy, like for sure, for sure, for sure. So this is a long time coming. Um, let's start off. How are you doing? How have you been? How am I, how am I doing? How have I been? Um, I'm good. I'm good right now. I'm, I'm good in a, in terms of, I feel like my journey has always been about presence about being present in the moment and you can say it but actually being able to do it is a whole other thing and it's it's not about ignoring your past or focusing on the future it's actually what is happening in your life right now and and it's the holistic thing right your body spiritually emotionally all of it in that space how can you be present in a moment and keep that as your as your normal i think it's a quite a difficult thing to achieve so for me I feel like I'm as present as I can be right now in my life. And in terms of everything else that's going on, there's always going to be things that are going to be going on and challenging and wonderful and and, and as part of life. So my answer is that I feel that I'm present right now. That's good. And, you know, there's I'm thinking maybe 80 percent of the people that are listening to this episode, whenever they might be listening to me, might realize that they are not present because a lot of us aren't present. Right. You might think about it. But are you in, are you present in practice? Like, really? And and it's and, you know, things happen as they should. I think we're having this conversation because I'm in this and we'll have an off camera discussion to get into the, the, the you know, the stuff. But. I'm in this place where I'm trying to be more present. That's my goal because I was just running. I was just going through the motions mm-hmm. and yep. under a veil of keeping a one fucking thousand under a veil of doing things that from the outside looking in were accolades and high achieving things. But where, what, what, what what's right here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where am I at why am I doing am I doing for the right re- it started might have started that way but like that presence that being present man tell me about it like that <laughs> is so important I think so much of us have gotten away from it and and we would be in a better place if more of us were in that in that present in that present yeah. Yeah. so it really yeah yeah for me it really started when lockdown Right. Happened. Right. Because you got you're by yourself or you're with your partner or your family and you are locked down. <laughs> you have no choice. You have no choice. And I, I was um I was fortunate enough to be able to work throughout of all the lockdown with my local government job. So I don't have too much to complain about lockdown, you know what I mean? Because right. I know it was hard for many people in my city. And um, you know, the the moments where I felt like it was crazy, crazy time, like I was like, okay, I'm losing my mind. I've got to do something. And because we were told to stay inside the house and it was like, not even to step outside the house. And we've got a backyard, like a huge backyard, but we didn't even go. And then I was like, what? Let's go in the backyard. And so <laughs> there was one point where I was like, I took off my shoes and my socks and I stood in the grass mm. outside and just felt the grass underneath my feet and just raised my head to the sun and felt the sun on my face. And between the sun on my face and feeling the my the, the grass and the dirt on my feet, I figured out how to try and reconnect myself right. back to me. 
Right. And so that's actually when the presence conversation, like I've talked about it lots. I've thrown it on my IG and my Facebook and stuff like that. I always end with be present and that's because that was my goal. And I'm always trying to figure out those things when I throw something on the social media. And that moment was when I finally clicked and understood that it wasn't having to go for those accolades. It wasn't having to go. And I, I don't anyway. And right. it doesn't matter if people know my name or not, or in terms of my work, not in terms of my music, but my day job and stuff, because I work really hard, but I was finding I wasn't climbing, getting any opportunities to go any further and kept in this small, tiny box. And I was like, am I being present in everything that I'm doing? Like I know I'm working hard. And that moment between the sun on my face and the feet and my feet in the grass something just happened. Wow. There was a, a moment of silence and peacefulness and it hit me that I just needed to be grounded. Does it make sense? No, <laughs> it totally makes sense, right? It, it, you, Because that's what they say, ground yourself. Like when you're, when you're like losing it, ground yourself. Take your, you know, take your, yep. be barefoot, touch grass with your feet. If you can't, I read somewhere where at least be on cement that's untreated so it's earth do you know something like that so yeah what I liked what you said is that you reconnected with yourself but to do that you had to reconnect with nature right because nature is all of that shit we're all of it <laughs> right it's all of that yes. yeah. and 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 I think I'm in this place and I've been talking about a lot the past couple of days let me know if it resonates with you I the pandemic helped me to to get into that place, right? It, for us, especially here in the States, you know, Raka and I, we both work from home. We homeschool. But still, it was a lockdown. It was different for us, right? We were used to being around each other all the time, but it, it's with these external factors is another level. We, we made it through. We're good. You know, like, we, like you said, we were very fortunate mm. that we didn't have to be in the day-to-day grind. And that adds a level of, of stress. And it was great. And I feel like we loved it. Like we thrived in it in a, in a small way. And now yeah. we're at least here in the States. And for us, it took us longer to step out into the world in another way again. Right. And it's yes. overwhelming for me, Teddy. It's. Yeah. I have to reconfigurate. Figure, figure out what. Because it's different now from pre-pandemic. What is my energy output what can I give out anymore and how much recovery time do I need it's different right mm, yeah. it, it's it's this whole other thing so I, I'm in this weird limbo place again and I'm like I need that reconnection to reconnect with myself because I mm-hmm. think I've lost it so have you been able to from that moment of clarity that that you had during the pandemic were you a are have you been able to maintain it has it been difficult is it a practice um it had it's been easier than i thought it would be Mm. it's definitely a practice um you know people talk about reprioritizing things in their lives that matter and stuff or that was like i always think that i'm doing that and i've always put my family first it's just like a no-brainer right um but um uh, from the time when I stood in the grass to when I did that exhibition, a whole bunch of things had happened. And um, during the, the construction of that exhibition, so you can see these, can you see those yes. things up here? Mm-hmm. So those were um, four toys that they're self-portraits that I made for my exhibition. And um, I've never made a toy before. 
I just thought, what do I want to do for an exhibition? So I was like, well, I love toys and comics. There's my comic collection behind me. And so I just thought, I'll just do a self-portrait of myself and what I think I would look like from a music video that I did of a Nina Simone song called Four Women mm. um, back in the 90s. And so that's what they were based on. For me to do that exhibition, the way that I did to jump in to do whatever I wanted to do was me getting back to me. I've served my family for my eldest boy's 30 now. So I've served my family for over 30 years and I could have done this stuff a long time ago because all I, I know that with my mind, if I want to do something, I just have to set my mind to it and I'll just do it. Right. And so the exhibition was that, it ended up being that because I've painted, I've used acrylic paints before and I've done paintings and all sorts of things, but I'm not trained in any way. I've just done them because that's what I felt like creatively doing and the toys were part of that. And the exhibition was that display of that reconnection to self again, that presence that I was thinking of, that I was talking about. And it made me look at my career, what I've been doing for the last 35 years, because my career is quite long. Right. Um, even though people go, but you look so young. I, yeah, I started really young, y'all. <laughs> you know, and I didn't really think of the things that I achieved in 35 years as a career. They were things that I did to survive, to put a roof over my head right. and to put food into my children's bellies. So, right. and it was like, it's a career. Um, so the fact that today is my last day of my day job, I've been working for local government for the last six years. Um, opportunities have already come my way where people understand the things that I've contributed to, I guess, society as a whole with all my work that I do, the different range of work that I do. And they're just like, um, they are telling me how important I am um, to the work that they're doing, to the change that they're looking to create, to the, and those are quite, that's quite overwhelming for me. Like I sit in these meetings, I'm going, so you're talking to me? And they're like, no, they're talking to me. And I was like, okay, because I can jump across many different sectors and, and stuff because that's what I've been doing the last 35 years. But I didn't think about it like that, right? So that's when I'm talking about presence. Even when I'm being told that this thing that I've been doing for the last 35 years has this massive impact on these different things. In that conversation, being present in that conversation, usually I wouldn't. I just sort of sit there and go, oh, that's nice, and just sort of go off right. with my day and not really think about it. But it's important to actually acknowledge when someone's acknowledging you. Right. For me, yeah, you know, it was always be like, oh, that's really nice, but you don't have to really say anything. But um, switching on its head and actually accepting it and acknowledging it with them and the joy that you can see that's on their face when they're saying it to you is a whole other buzz. And so I've always been grateful for when people have said things like that to me. But now that I actually understand mm -hmm. what it is that I bring to the table, um, I'm just like, damn, I'm not too bad. Took 50 years, took 50 years to figure that one out. But I'm here now. So you're you know? here now. You're here now. <laughs> That's what I keep thinking. This is crazy. I've been thinking about this the past couple of two weeks. I was like, because I'm 49, you're only, you know, a year ahead of me. And I was just like, yo, it's taking a long time for me to figure a lot of this shit out. Like, it's just hitting me now. And mm -hmm. and and you're in a, we're in a similar place. I think we're all on this crazy, similar frequencies. Me and a lot of my friends were all in the similar age bracket. Dope ass women of color creatives you know mm. doing so many things and I totally connect with what you're like 
I was just trying to survive. I was just doing what I want to do. That's a career. I've made mm-hmm. an impact. Like I've been talking about how, especially during this social media phase time, it's like, oh, you got to niche down. You got to da da da. Well, that's not me. <laughs> that's not you. And that's not me. You've done an, um, you, it, we would have to be here for three hours or more mm. to talk about all the shit that you have done. The titles alone is crazy. And we'll get into a second on how you've condensed into one amazing word that I want to know the origin of that. But the impact, you are just being you, authentically you. And I feel like you're in this place and I'm trying to get more into that place. You've already stepped into yourself. If you, there's things that we probably won't even touch upon. There's no time or there's no space to touch upon here. But the shit combined that we know and don't know of trauma that we've been through collectively. The fact that we're here talking today is a fucking feat. It's a celebration. But the fact that we are now women of a certain age, that doesn't, it's not over for us. We're just starting new things. But the fact that people can recognize the gift of being multifaceted, multi-passionate, have been able, we, we were left in right brain. Don't say mm-hmm. you're not, because you know you are, because I know <laughs> I am now. Now I'm like, Psh, I can figure shit out over here. I can create shit over here. I need them both. We can do them and mm-hmm. we can kill it, right? Mm-hmm. But the level that you just said, that now your people are giving you your flowers or giving you your props and you not doing the thing that so many of us, and especially women, and especially women of color, we're like, no, thanks. Like, we don't accept it. We don't. It's like you accept it. You accept it with grace. You appreciate it. You can understand. You're in, you're so fucking present that you understand in that moment how much joy and respect and, and stuff radiates from them because of you and you are accepting it. And that is the, if, if you think about it, that is the nice thing to do. That is a respectful, like respectful thing to do, right? Is, is, is to take it with grace and say, thank you, acknowledge it, not to deny it mm-hmm. yes. and not be like a dick about it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But to just be like, thank you. I hear you. I see you and I hear and I feel like that people listening to or anyone watching or whatever, that is a place we all want to be in. Thank you so much for sharing that, that just in the short amount of time that we've been on, you've, you've, you've named that journey. You've said that journey, right? So let's Mm. get back to, you know, when I, when you filled out the form and I did research and knowing you, but also going deep in another way that you don't do with your friends and family, the matriarchitect, right? <laughs> because you are just a, a, just a couple of highlights just for the people. And I'll have all links to all her shit. Right. But just a couple, she's correct me if I'm wrong. You're like the first local born female rapper of New Zealand, MC. Um, you are a musician, an artist. You were a manager, you're a reporter, you're an activist. So many different things, sub genres, subtitles of that, right? Being a mom, taking care of family, survival, da, da, da. But Matri Architect, where did that mm. come from? That's perfect. Mm. 
Do you want to support original content that supports diverse voices? Why not support Word to Your Mama? You're listening to it right now. Become a patron. Head over to patreon.com slash WTYM. There are four patron levels to choose from, including Good Looking Out, I'm Down, Hell Yeah, and Please Believe It. Benefits include patron shoutouts, exclusive patron-only content, and so much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash WTYM to take your support to the next level. Gracias. Many of us have heard of the devastating passing of Hurricane Fiona through Puerto Rico, but not many of us know of ways, or better yet, trustworthy ways to help and contribute to those in need. Fiona a Través de los Ojos de los Niños is an NFT project featuring art made by children of the nonprofit school Flor de Loto in Ponce, Puerto Rico. Through their drawings, they've expressed their feelings and fears which they went through the hurricane. You can help these children, their school, families, and communities by minting one of their NFTs at helppr.xyz. You can also help by sending crypto directly to their wallet listed on the website or do a donation through PayPal. The links can be found in the description. And to learn more about this initiative and how you can help, please visit helppr.xyz or via Twitter at helpprflm. Um, Well, um, I did an interview with um, uh, an artist here called uh, Coco Solid. Please check her out. She also has a book out as well, and um, she's – I love her. She's a next generation from me. She's a generation down. I think she's wonderful. She's a business. And um, she speaks to mind every time. She interviewed me. Um, I was on a panel with her, and it was was talking about equalizing my vocals, and it was about female – female identifying spaces in the music industry. And she knew that I was one of the first female rappers or the first female rapper in Aotearoa. And so she got me on the panel to talk about those things. And there were other women on the panel too and uh, other female identifying people on the panel too. And she um, she asked me what it was like to be a 14-year-old growing up in a rap group and nightclubs and stuff. And she thought that I'd have all these horror stories. And I said to her, I don't have horror stories about it, actually. I was quick. I I didn't think about it. but to a certain extent, people would call it growing up on the street, but I grew up in a very violent home, so I knew how to survive through that. You know what I mean? Right. When you're ducking fists and irons and vacuum cleaner pipes, you get quite good at navigating through life, and I didn't think about it like that mm-hmm. until I was on this panel. And so the other people that were on the panel was talking about these horrible stories of you know abuse and in the industry, but because I came from an abusive background, Industry was not abusive towards because I didn't. It was just like, okay, that's how these fools roll. So I'll just move out of the way. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was at fourteen. So you can imagine how savvy I was by the time I was twenty. And I seen them by the time I was twenty, I bought my first house, and that was because I was making rap music. So they were looking at me like, what? And so they thought I maybe come from. And I said, no, no. I left home at fourteen because I came from an abusive background. My mother was a high functioning alcoholic. She had a boyfriend that would beat the hell out of her. I had to protect my sisters. I was looking after my newborn sister when she was two weeks old and I was nine so I said that's how I got through it and I didn't it wasn't like I couldn't sympathize with them but it was just like uh I've got a different story and don't assume things I guess is the moral of the story here right if there's a campaign that's talking about me too and it's about the industry I don't doubt that those things happen but for me it was a different buzz 
So I can't speak on that, right? right? So, and because I don't speak on it, doesn't mean that I don't support that campaign or whatever. It's just, it's not part of my journey. Right. And so Coco was, she put this brilliant panel together and then she, uh, maybe about a year or so later, she interviewed me and she made me think about myself. Mm. I was like, what? The questions she asked me were so deep. They weren't fluffy questions. Right. It took me probably about a month to respond to her. She let me have the questions and I responded by um, recording and transcribing. And then we, we, we shortened it down and she refined it down. And um, she was the one actually coined Sovereign Storyteller first. Mm. And before I did my last show, well, my first show in 22 years, which was in 2021, I think it was July 2021. So I haven't had uh, June 2021. I haven't had a solo show for 22 years. And I decided to do a three night theater show in Wellington, part of a festival. And I was like, Ooh, okay, go, just go. And um, I, from that interview, I decided that my uh, title, I guess, would be Black Moana Sovereign Storyteller. Sovereign Storyteller. Black, because I had recently discovered that I was Jamaican, and I know I look like this, but I didn't know, and we have a funny conversation about that, didn't we? <laughs> um, and then, <laughs> then um, um, my from my Viking Nui or Cook Island side, my mum comes from three of the 15 islands within the Cook Islands, um, so that's my Moana part. And then Sovereign Storyteller, I was like, yes, actually, you're right, I am in control of the stories that I release out into the ether. And it comes not just through music, because I tell stories through visuals. I tell it through moving images. I tell it through paintings. I tell it through my toys. And so when I started thinking about the way that we express our narrative, it um, it just, I was just like, okay, that is actually what I do. And and so when I released it, people came back to me and, and I, I got that, that, coin to be attached to my name and then I noticed that academics started using it mm. and claiming it mm. and I thought that's very interesting they're not actually giving me any kudos for the fact that it came from me because if you s- research if you google it it should come up with my name first because I'm the first one to coin Black Moana Sovereign Storyteller and I was like okay so other people use this mm, let me look for something else and so I started thinking about it and I started up my company the Hefty Agency a while ago and um, it's an uh, Indigenous Intelligence uh, Design Agency. And I hadn't really thought about what my title would be in that role. And, I, you know, it's usually like director or CEO. And I was like, no, that's a play That's not me. <laughs> so I started thinking about it. I was like, well, I am an architect to a certain extent because I'm a strategist in my day job. And so I do create the infrastructure for a shift, I guess, is my role. That's what I do. And architect came in and then I was like well I'm a mama and the, the way that I interact with life comes from the teachings of my mum because she was my teacher regardless of being a high-functioning alcoholic and you know that title alone is like sort of dumb for me but it's the only way to explain to people what I was dealing with as a young woman because I thought that the way that my mum was was normal mm. So my lessons and the way that I would take in things was like, well, what was actually around me? And it was woman and it was strong woman. And they were dealing with lots of things themselves, but they carried on and held themselves. So matriarch was just like, well, that makes sense, (laughs) y'all. I'm a matriarchitect. I'm a mama of four boys. I am a mama of four grandchildren. I have created my family. This is part of like they come from me, you know what I mean. This is my line. This is this is my reclamation. This is me. How I got disconnected from this idea is crazy, but we all know what that journey looks like. Decolonization. Right. So 
matriarchitect as how that came about. I love it. <laughs> Kudos to that. When I was like, yes. It, it, for mm-hmm. those that read it, they uh, can immediately get it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're like, mm-hmm. yes, no story yes. needed. Like, got it. Yeah. But yeah. to hear yeah. that full blown, like how you came around to that is gorgeous and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, So we know little bits and pieces. I'll have links to, you know, read more about your story. I wanted to really talk about identity. And I feel like that is something that the most recent guests, guests that are on before you been talking to, um, I've had the great fortune of meaning and, and adding to the tribe more indigenous creatives. And they are from this side of the world. So I think you have a very unique perspective. Also with the part that you mentioned a little bit ago that you recently found out that you're part Jamaican. Your mom's from, you know, the Cook Islands, indigenous, you rep, you're always, you know, it's all how important it is to you. What does it mean to you? How it does it define and really dictate how you move in this world? Mm. Identity is a funny thing, I think. Um, you know, because, you know, I, part of my story, I would have said to you that people around the world have said to me that I'm African. And I grew up with a Pakia, so Pakia here is what I guess people call is European, but it's a little bit deeper than that. Mm. For me, Pakia means... Yes, you are of a European descent, but um, you have a connection to who you are and sense of self. For me, that's what Parker means. When you talk about a white person, a white person can be any color. They're just devoid of understanding who they are, who the fuck they are. So, you know what I mean? A black person for me, black same person can be white for me. They're just devoid of understanding their place. My father, I grew up with a, a, a white-skinned man who knew who he was and he instilled values uh, and morals within me that pertain to treating people the way that you would like to be treated. So when I went out into the world looking like this as a 14-year-old, I thought all people that looked like my dad were like him. Ah. I went, whoa, no. No. <laughs> so, so no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. And so um, going into the world with, with this understanding that I was brought up by this this park our man who has a heart of gold who um absolutely treats people the way that he would like to be treated right um and he doesn't stand for you know kaka he's just like he won't stand for that stuff he's pretty straight up about that too he's just like nah that's not on and so going out into the world with this attitude and then um I just, how I was with people. And even though when I was traveling overseas people would say to me that I was African I'd go that's really nice but my dad's this white guy that brought me up and I just didn't believe it you know and I know I'll say it over and over again people have said to me but you look Jamaican and I go I know now but when I looked in the mirror I just sort of saw my eyes and my nose and my mouth and my ears I didn't really think about what I look like to somebody else I thought I sort of look like my mom and my dad and that's all it was and so that was my identity the way that I carried myself in the world was the things that my mom and dad had taught me you know what I mean? There was always food on the stove 
at my mum's house. So you always made that sure that when people came over, there was food. You fed them. That was normal. You always offered food. Um, you always treated people the way that you wanted to treat them. That's how I went through life. I had very simple values. There was nothing more to it than that. And then to finally meet my dad, my Jamaican dad, and find out about that, uh, that moment itself, you know, I had some friends that were here, some longtime friends, and it freaked, I freaked out. I was crying, and I was. they gave me a hug, and they were like, yay, she knows. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I didn't know what that would mean. I did stand in front of the mirror for about 10 minutes and just stare at myself and go, you sort of, you do look Jamaican. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I hadn't equated the way that I looked to looking like anybody in particular because I was just like my mum and the dad and that was it. And so that in itself was a crazy journey to understand what it means to accept that you're from a place very far away from when you were brought up. That the way that you've been feeling things and the way that you react to things makes a lot more sense now that you have this grounding and coming from another place called Africa. So I haven't touched that land yet. I've been to Jamaica before I knew I was Jamaican and it felt like it was home, but I was like, I'm not from here. Why does this feel so comfortable? <laughs> um, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> And it's all about that presence I was going back to. If I was allowing myself to be present when I was in Jamaica and understanding it. And I can, I know it now. I can remember the smell of when I got off the plane and there's a sweet botanical smell that just breezes through the air. And, and that was the first thing that made me say, Oh, I'm home. But oh. then I was like, I'm not in, I'm not in the Cook Islands. I'm in Jamaica. This makes no sense. And even when I saw people that look like me, I was like, I don't look like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so many markers in my life going, <laughs> You're Jamaican. You're Jamaican. <laughs> and I was just like, no, I'm not. My dad's this parky guy and my mum's this cook, you know. It was about all of that. And so now at this day, today, when I think about my my, my, identif my identity, and even on my Cook Island side, because I don't speak my mother's language fluently because she did her best to smack it out of me, right? So right. that was a normal practice here. People would say to me, in my family, you know, I'm not Cook Island enough. And I can only imagine what Jamaican, my Jamaican side would say to me. Right. But I'm like, fuck all of that and fuck all of y'all. And this is the reason why. The way that I carry myself and communicate, the way that I know how to treat other people that menopause, my eyes are worrying. Um, so, like you know, the, the way I'm not crying. <laughs> yeah. Like the menopause, yeah. yeah. The way that I'm actually un uh, understanding people when they speak to me, the way that I translate things into a way that I understand it and, and can incorporate it into my life and, and, and weave it and, and be part of how I behave and practice, that actually is a language that my mum taught me that doesn't necessarily come through in this col colonial version of us reclaiming our language and our culture. I actually have my culture instilled within me. It's printed in my DNA, yeah. regardless. And for me to be able to say that I am Jamaican or Cook Island and be comfortable with that, I had to come to that understanding. You see, because when I met my Jamaican father, we clicked like this. Mm -hmm. It was like we had never been apart. I only spent 11 days in total with him. By the time in my first day, that I, uh, first four days that I spent with the first time I visited him in Seattle, 
he was crying and um, my other siblings were like, dad's hard. He doesn't cry. <laughs> he was like all of this. He watched a documentary on me and it talked about my life and he was crying and he was just like, you are a wonderful, beautiful woman. You are amazing. I, you've done all of the stuff. And I said, yeah. And I said to him, it's because I'm you and my mum, And I can tell because of the way that I am with you, I behave like you. Yeah. We're the same. It was freakish <laughs> to spend 40 years with my, you know, my lighter skinned siblings and, you know, because yeah. we've all got different dads and and not being around anyone that's any close to my skin color. To meet this man who is my sperm donor and behave like him was just like, we would just, yeah. And so I know that for my identity, it people can get caught up of the colonized version of what it means to reclaim your identification, your identity, your culture, your your language. And I think that's what, when people start saying negative stuff like that to people who are on that journey, they are looking for gaps and faults right. because they've reached this perfect journey. And so they're like, this is the way that you do it. But for me, do it any motherfucking way you want to do it. It is your choice. It is your personal choice. It is your journey. No one has the right to tell you what the fuck to do in it. You know what I mean? And so for me, I'm not fluent in my language. I can't even fucking understand Patois. Can you imagine? My dad was talking about, I was like, can you put that back in English? Because I'm like, I have no idea what you just said to me. You know what I mean? It was like, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it. It doesn't mean that I'm less Jamaican. That blood That's runs right. through me. Right. There is no denial in that space. So be who you need to be. When you need to be, just be authentic with what you're bringing to the table. Don't try and mash it up to be anything. Don't try to pretend that you can speak this. Uh, don't. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just be you. That's all I ask. Be yourself when you're on this journey, and you will get there. And when you find that peace, you'll be just like me. Fuck all y'all. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was my journey. That's my journey. I, I love that. I love that so much because I'm in the similar place. I've talked about it before where I'm learning, you know, the language and I don't got to be I don't got to perfect it because you can't you what you just said. You can't take it away from me. I'm here. I'm in here. We in yeah. here. We up in here. Like, yes. It, 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 <laughs> and what's interesting to what you said, all of this about the identity it's the identity or it's so leveled right and 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 white supremacy the patriarchy so many levels but it's interesting that your mom in the beginning in certain ways prepared you for the music industry and then the father that raised you kind of didn't prepare you for <laughs> You know, because you were a little bit like, oh, this is the representation of this, right? So yeah. it, it, it is fascinating to me that you had those, that at the beginning, and then you were able to still navigate through the world. Then you find out you were in denial, 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 that you looked, that people said, and it's this thing like... I don't know if I send it to you. I'm not sure. There's that podcast, Family Secrets. And it has helped me in my journey reconnecting, finding all this stuff with my biological father, too. We're so similar. The parallels here are mm. crazy. And mm. that podcast helped me so much because the stories are people just talking about their family secrets and how there was a, a, a knowing unknowing. 
Like they never knew. But now looking back, what you did, you're like, oh, yeah, like people said people did it. But I was like, no, nah, no, nah. like they kind of knew like, yo, like, you know what I mean? Yes. It, 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 it took time for you to get to that place. I'm so happy to hear that you reconnected with your father. I know you told me we had a discussion about that and, and all this stuff. And and we need to please believe it. This is going to be a clip like this is going to be a clip because we need to hear that. We all need to hear that. Like we are who we are. You can't take it. It's epigenetics. It's up in the DNA. It's so important. It's so important. Yes. Whether you want to learn it or not, you know, if it's important, like like I've had the the um, two indigenous artists that I had on before you. For them, it's 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 important to preserve it just because it was taken away in, in the history that they've had in Canada here, uh, Turtle Island. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and 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 so that's a, a certain way that they want to navigate. Right. But on an individual basis. And, you know, people are are making the thing. I don't know if you've seen the videos or like you want to learn your colonizers language anyway. Like <laughs> there's levels, there's levels. Right. So anyways. OK. Yes. This is perfect time. Let's go into the the questions and comments from the audience. Let me read this to you. It said it was such a pleasure to have met a super OG in the New Zealand music scene. Her contributions to music and her entertainment community and pushing culture is such an inspiration. Such an amazing individual. I made a trip up to, and let me not butcher this, Aotearoa? Aotearoa? Aotearoa. Aotearoa? Aotearoa. 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 I tried to phonetically spell it and it didn't work. Aotearoa. 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 Okay. I had made a trip up to Aotearoa to rock a show with Pia Tar with a surprise OG, Chaz Bojorquez, along with his dope wife, Christina. Chopping and kicking it on my first trip out there is one of the most amazing memories because it is the start of my art career. Uh, yo, I was there chilling with the group of inspirational cats. That trip definitely shaped my career. The possibilities to make it as an artist was presented and made possible hanging and meeting Tere and everyone there. The Pacific Ocean was my connection since I was from Hawaii. Yo, mad love and aloha Tere. Hawaii to LA to Aotearoa. <laughs> Messing it up again. And back. One love, homie. Gee, and that is from previous word to your mama guest, our fam artist extraordinaire, Aaron Wose Martin. Yes, oh Wose, he's beautiful, beautiful. What a brother! Oh man, that was such a, uh, it was such an awesome time. That trip was incredible. That trip was just, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just craziness, right? Like a. Uh, 42 artists. We pulled together 42 artists for the exhibition and we came and we met you guys and Chaz and Aaron and Skip, right? We met Skip One and we met so many people in LA. That whole journey was just, it was just so amazing. And I feel so privileged to, be, to have been part of it. Like I didn't think about it 
you know, obviously I did all the work behind the scenes. And I was like, okay, we've got to get 42 artists from around the world and get the artworks here and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I've still got artworks here. There's a Jago piece, Mr. Jago piece just over there. Dope. You know, I mean, we've got them everywhere. So the privilege to be part of something like what was incredible. And um, Aaron's work there, I was just like, I was looking at an old video because he jumped up and did a freestyle that night too. <laughs> you know, the vibe was just like, ah, oh, I just loved it. The, the, the thing for me was, our babies were there because mm. I've got videos of our babies there, like they're standing behind the turntable. So they have no idea what was happening. Emery Douglas turned up to the opening of that exhibition. You know what I mean? Wow. We're just like, this is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone has done anything like that in our city before, you know? And so I was just like, hey, I was just pulling it together because we thought it'd be a really cool idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful to hear that from Aaron. And it's made a huge impact. And I remember when you came out, I first met you um, and we had dinner at Chaz and Christina's Uh, old house. And that was magical, too. That was a beautiful thing, you know, to see the this amazing group of people that Raka had, you know, this uh, experience uh, all the way across the world. And for me to meet you and all of you and just be like immediately connected yeah. immediately yes. fam immediate familia yeah the next one whatever happened to the song we did together and this is from <laughs> much love and respect from another previous word to your mama guest rocket taylor one third of dilated peoples <laughs> yeah i've got to find the. i've got to find the stems <laughs> sorry my bro <laughs> hey it wasn't on my computer by the way okay it was on somebody else's computer, so I've got to get it off that computer. It's coming, my bro. We might have to redo your 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 verse, though. Damn! Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, Rocky, you got any questions? Come here. Go Psh, ask her about whatever happened to her." I was like, "I will, I will." I can't wait Sorry, to hear that. That we have to, you have to get that out at some point, whenever it's possible. Okay, yeah, so let's get into the not so rapid fire questions, the AKA slow as hell questions. Are you ready? Yes. Three words to describe yourself. <sighs> love. Light. Peace. Ah, love it. What's the best piece of advice you've received? <sighs> received. Peace. Leave that motherfucker. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's a bar across the cross levels frequencies yes 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 okay song to get you hyped when you need it oh song to get me hyped oh I could get hyped to Incredible. It's a, it's a reggae song. I'd have to find the name of uh, the, the artist, but it's it's called Incredible. It's got this bit that goes, Incredible. <laughs> and if you find that, that's the song. Yeah, it's my walking song. Love <laughs> it's it. my walk in the morning song. Yeah, I'm off. I'm out the door. <laughs> Love it. Okay, when you rem- when you figure out the artist, send yeah. it to me. We will add it to the, pl- to the Word to Your Mama guest hype list song playlist. We'll nice. add it. We'll add it to the other hundreds of songs we have on there over four yes. hours worth and we'll always have a link Wicked. of that to the show notes the nice. final question um, is what will be your legacy 
my legacy, my babies. It's my babies. I mean, yeah, that's, I, they, they are my creation. Mm. Like I create all the time. I create all sorts of things all the time and they might have their own legacy and I don't really, that's all right. But it's important for me, for my babies to understand who they are because of where they've come from and not just like, oh, yeah, we're from the Cook Island. No, they, they will understand with the depth. They will go to those places that their grandmother and their mother's from to understand where they come from. And for that, for my babies to understand that and have that knowledge and to be able to carry that on from generation to generation, that's it. That's all I want. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, Teddy, tell, please tell people, you know, um, what you're working on, where they can find you. We'll have it in the show notes. But, you know, I think you, is it out now or it's coming now? You're, at, you know, some new music, all the things you want us to know about, please. <laughs> okay. So, when I did my show, I did um, a, an album called uh, Daughter of a House Girl two years ago. I discovered a whole bunch of things and I decided to drop that album. This would have been my first album in 30 something years. Wow. I dropped it and so I just put it aside and started working on another album and that album was called Daily Incantations. Um, and I'm only throwing stuff on IG at the moment because I'm just a bit busy. That's the second album. And then I started, I finished that and I started working on the third album, which is called Cleaning House. Um, so um, it's probably going to be three albums. <laughs> My first album release is going to probably be a mixture of those three. Yeah. And it'll take you through that journey because that's actually what's been happening in my life. The Daughter of a House Girl is my reconnection to myself. Daily Incantations is about me finding my presence and my peace. Mm. And Cleansing House is getting rid of everything that I, that doesn't serve me anymore and just moving it on. And then that'll come back to Daily Incantations because those are the things that I need to practice, right? So right. Um, IG is probably where you find that stuff um, that I'm releasing. And I just throw it up on there and I usually take it off. And that's just because... When I make a song, and I've been writing a song every day this week, it's been full moon, so it's wow. been a full moon writing week. <laughs> um, so um, I'll release it, and, and I'll, I'll put it up on IG and like throw a 30 seconds or a minute up and then maybe take it down. And for me, that's just seeing how people are reacting to the song or not. Do they like it or not? And You know what I mean? And not that that actually matters at the right. end of the day. Right. So, um, And then I'll just take it off if I feel like it. That's pretty much how I'm interacting and, and, and sharing my music right now. Of course, I have a label and stuff like that to release it, but I'm not in the space to release it like that right now. Right. And but, but I'll get there. Um, in terms of work, hey, I'm a free agent. I'm a strategist. I'm looking for work. I'm right. contract work Hire. anywhere. So. I am a girl. I am a girl out here. <laughs> yes, my resume is on my website. Um, yeah, and so I'm just yeah, you know, getting into this whole role of what redundancy means, and I'm just looking for contract work and spending time with my babies and yeah, just, just living life really. And being present. It's me. Let me just say to hear about, you know, our private conversations about healing to see Mm. you, you look amazing. Mm. There's a, another glow about you that's changed. I, Mm. I feel it. And I see the, a change, uh, you know, a metamorphosis happening. And mm. it's exciting. And um, we weren't able to see each other when you were out here for a, a hot second. And mm. I wasn't able to make it to the other side of the country to see you. I'm hoping mm. that we 
can make it happen to see each other soon. I think um, we will keep our, you know, our private conversations going. And I just can't wait to give you a big, tight (laughs) hug in person and and do that exchange of energies because I feel like we're on a similar, similar journeys. And I really Mm -hmm. appreciate you making the time coming on here, sharing your amazing, powerful story, being hella real as always, and and really stepping in and, and taking, you know, the flowers that you so fucking deserve. So thank you. Muchisima gracia. And I'm excited mm-hmm. to see you again in person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, my sis. Thank you so much. You know, your energy. That's why I'm here, here for it every day. So thank you so much. Me? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> And now, introducing the Supernatural Bear Corner. Supernatural Bear. you have it folks episode 143 a word to your mama with teddy what did i tell you what did i tell you in the intro didn't i tell you yes the amount of bars dropped in this episode i hope you picked them up 
I hope you had enough room because they were minty and plenty. Minty? <laughs> there were many and plenty. <laughs> minty and plenty. <laughs> Good times. Good times. I just, I kill myself sometimes. But you know what I'm spraying. You know what I'm spraying. And then what about the the second to last Supernatural Bear Corner? He's like, yeah, I got a song. Do you want to drop that? I was like, yeah, for sure. Let me hear it. If you've been a longtime listener of this podcast, you know that he's dropped songs before that he's produced, but they've been more cinematic because they're for his Transformer projects, right? His his shows, his movies and stuff like that. And this is a little bit different. This is um, something that he created that it's kind of like a bar scene. It's called McAdams. And so he's like, yeah, so I had to be a little bit more danceable. Yeah. So great. And it's not just because he's he's my human that I grew in my belly. It's like legitimately good. And I was like, is that original? Because he plays the piano and stuff like that. So I was like, is that original beats? And he's like, it's kind of a mixture of both. I was like, wow, this is, it's just, huh, you know, when you see them grow and. So anyways, don't forget, there still might be time to DM us or email us to get in those questions and comments about the supernatural bear. And, you know, if you listen to this from Jump or even a year, you've heard his growth in, you know, from anything from songs to words of wisdom from an old soul that he is. So, yeah. Uh, I'm better with it though. Let me tell you, I'm bet I'm good with it. it. It feels right. It is perfect that it's dropping on his born day on the 16th of October, and uh, it makes sense. Okay. And so I'm really excited to record the special episode with him being the guest. And I got already have some amazing questions and comments from the audience. I'll be posting that more on social media. So, like I said, get them in. And you know the drill. If you want to buy something from our online store, check it out. Become a patron. You heard the promo. You could also also buy us a whiskey via buy us a coffee. And something that's free. Two things. Two ways to support that's free. You could leave us a review either on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast. Leave us a review so more people can check us out and, you know, find out about us. And the second one is tell your folks, tell your peeps and tell your friends. Super simple. Let's get this out because in the spectrum of so many Latine, Latinx podcasts, if you have been listening to those, you know that this is different. I've been listening to podcasts since early 2000s and I know that this is different because I am informed and it will never leave my body and soul, hip hop, music. I'm into so many different things. So the, the, you know, the vast majority of people that I have in here are dope as hell because they're from so many different walks of life. So, and I keep it real. I don't know how else to keep it. That's, <laughs> that's really how it goes down. So yes, so let's spread the word and let them know that this is just your average everyday, you know, podcast of someone talking to their homies. This is, I, it's just, you saw today with Teddy. This is what I'm talking about. 
And it's not just people my age. It's not just Gen X. I mean, if you go back, I talk to people that are uh, early millennials, Gen Zs, and Gen Alphas. I mean, the supernatural bear. I mean, he, he believes that he's Gen Alpha. I don't know what the chronological order of stuff is, but you know what I'm saying. So anyways, yes. All right. So as always, we reap. Word to Your Mama is owned and produced by Ritzy P. Intro Beat, produced by Nico Beats. If you want to know more, I want to email us. You want to get the media kit, go head over to wordtoyourmama.com. Word to Your Mama is now part of the Latina Podcasters Network. And as always, Word to Your Mama is brought to you by ritzyperiwinkle.com. Make sure to follow Word to Your Mama on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you stream your podcast, or download the Latina Podcasters Network app.